church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. I'm so glad that you're here today. And we are now in officially the new year. Welcome to the year 2020 and also to the new decade. Praise the Lord. It's your time to shine. Say amen. Now we're going to talk today about launching out setting sail on our 21 day fast, which is just about to start. Praise God. So we'll go over a few things today and discuss what to expect and some tips concerning the 21 days of the liquid fast that we are stepping into. Praise God. Let's open up today's message with prayer. Heavenly Father, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, the scriptures would be illuminated and that we can walk like Jesus did in the power of your Holy Spirit, in the power of your Holy Spirit. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, let's just briefly review a few things before we get into some tips and insights about doing a 21-day liquid fast. Let's do a short, abbreviated review of why we should fast in the first place, okay? So, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, has always been the primary verses that I go to when teaching on the subject of fasting and prayer. Now, we see here in Luke chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he was baptized there at the Jordan River by John. And as Jesus was coming up out of the waters, the Holy Spirit came down in bodily form, looking somewhat like what we would call a dove. Now, remember, he's not a dove. The Holy Spirit is not a bird, but he had the semblance of a dove coming down upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was filled with the Spirit, and it says he returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, that would be Luke chapter 4, verse 1. Let's go to the conclusion of the 40 days of prayer and fasting. Verse 14, then Jesus returned. Okay, so the fast is over. He has overcome the three primary temptations of the devil. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 1, we see that he was filled with the Holy Spirit. But notice a distinct difference. After 40 days of prayer and fasting, he comes back and it says that he returns in the power of the Spirit. Pastor Stephen, what is fasting and prayer put together? What is it mainly? It is primarily a platform for spiritual empowerment. And let me say this in all humility. My friends, if Jesus needed it, don't think for a moment that you don't need it. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't need that. No, you're not greater than Jesus. If Jesus needed to fast, and he needed to pray, and he needed to draw near to the Lord, you're going to have times in your life where you need to fast also. And that is why we are doing a corporate 21-day liquid fast. By the way, this is the largest corporate fast that we've ever had as a ministry, as there are people from all over the country and literally from nations around the world that are joining together on this 21-day 
corporate fast. Pastor Stephen, why should I fast? Because of Luke chapter 4, yes, but also because of Matthew chapter 6. This is amazing. You've got to see it. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus said, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Now, there is the giving of charitable deeds, often done in private, sometimes also done as a public act of worship when it's even done what we would say corporately. In other words, God told Moses to take an offering from the Israelite people. And that wasn't a private offering where the people gave privately. No, that was a public offering. And he, he said, you know, you can give on different levels, gold, silver, bronze, and, you know, linen, and, uh, you know, whatever that you have of value, you can contribute to this. That, of course, was going to the construction of what we would call, or theologians call, the Tabernacle of Moses, that beautiful tent structure that would house the Ark of the Covenant and the other sacred furniture that would be created. So there's private giving. At times there's also public or what we would call corporate giving. Here Jesus refers to private giving. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds or acts of giving before men to be seen by them. So Jesus addresses the subject of giving. Verse 2, therefore when you do a charitable deed, not if you do a charitable deed, not if, in other words, if you give, but when you give, okay, Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, okay, in other words, when you give, praise the Lord. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's really very interesting. Verse 4 also, he talks about your charitable deed again, or your giving. Can you imagine a Christian talking to a Christian who says they're born again, claims to be born again, but they don't give anything to God? They don't give a tithe. They don't, they don't give an offering. They don't even give a penny. You would have to think in your heart, there's something seriously wrong with that Christian. If they say they're a Christian and they claim to be born again, but yet they don't give anything. And yet in church, when an offering basket is passed or when a man of God gives an opportunity for tithes and offerings to be received, and they have been in that atmosphere or environment for years, and they've never given one thing, you would think something is really out of order there. And you would be correct. You would be correct because Jesus did not say if you give, he said when you give. So in other words, giving is one of the primary tenets of the Christian faith. And if that is lacking in, a, in the life of a believer, something is going to be really weird in their life. It's, why? Because uh, the symmetry, the symmetry of the man or woman of God is never going to be developed if you're not a giver. It's, it's very important. Jesus talked about it. Okay, so we know that giving is important. No Christian would undermine that teaching of Christ. Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, and when you pray, again, not if you pray. Well, Pastor Stephen, I'm a Christian, but I don't really pray. You know what? That's like saying that you're human and you don't breathe air. Uh, you know, you would probably want to ask a person, you know, well, what planet are you from? Are you from the planet Krypton? I mean, well, I've never met a, a person who doesn't, uh, you know, breathe and, not, you know, somehow not live. I've never met somebody who says they're a Christian, but yet has no prayer life. That would be extremely weird. And again, if there were a Christian who did not pray, you're looking at somebody that uh, as a child of God is going to have a tremendous area of their spiritual walk totally undeveloped, completely undeveloped, symmetry way out of proportion. In other words, the image of Christ, 
there's no way it can be expressed clearly or maturely through a believer who has no prayer life. Mm. And when you pray, okay, that's verse 5, verse 6, but you, when you pray, Jesus continues on. He, he's not taking uh, it for credit that maybe, you know, it, uh, you know, prayer is optional. No, it's not optional. It is a necessity. It's just like breathing. It's, it's just a part of your life. Verse 6, but you, when you pray, verse 7, but when you pray, and when you pray, do not use vain repetitions. Verse 9, in this manner, therefore pray, and then lays out the classic prayer known as the Lord's Prayer. Woo, praise the Lord. So prayer, prayer is presented also on the same level as giving. Hey, this is not something that is, that's optional. This is in the realm of, this is a commandment. This is your... This is your way of living. This is what God requires of you as, a ch- as one of his children. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Very amazing teachings here that Jesus is bringing forth. Wow. Oh, let's not stop. He talks about three primary things. We've covered two. Verse 16. Moreover, he continues the subject. Moreover, when you fast. Woo! Then he goes into some teaching on this. In other words, he doesn't say if you fast. In other words, he doesn't say, you know, if you ever get that feeling to fast, trust me, you'll never ever get a feeling to fast. It's just something that you do anyhow. Why? Because that's it's just what you do. You incorporate it into your life. You may never feel like praying. You pray anyhow. Why? That's what you're supposed to do as a child of God. Well, I don't really feel led to give anything, Pastor Stephen. That's your flesh. Well, your flesh will never lead you to do anything that's holy or that's pleasing to God. Hallelujah. Rise up and be the person that God wants you to be and practice spiritual disciplines. Why? Because that's what God expects you to do. That's just what you're supposed to do. Moreover, when you fast, verse 16, verse 17, but you, when you fast, mm, mm, praise the Lord. Verse 18, he continues, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. Wow. He talks about giving, he talks about prayer, and he talks about fasting, all in the same capacity. This is the lifestyle of the believer. Hallelujah. Now, I I find it interesting. Let me give you a natural example. Uh, Guys that like to build up their muscles. Some guys, you know, they build them up to a degree. They, they think, you know, maybe I should become a bodybuilder. I've done a lot with this. Maybe I'll be a bodybuilder. But here's the thing. You could have your, your chest, your pectoralis major, pectoralis minor, and all of your chest, your different compartments of your chest, built up really well. Upper chest, lower chest, mid, the whole thing, you know. Okay, you can get your chest built up really well. And then you could develop your back really, really well. And, you know, you get your, you not just have uh, width, but also depth and get the V look and get all of that tapered in really well and put a lot of weight in and do a lot of deadlifts and a lot of, a lot of things, you know, bent over rows, get your back built up really good. It's a guy, you can do all that and you can go off to a bodybuilding competition and you can compete. But, you know, if your legs are not developed, the judges are going to look at you. They're going to just say, hey, you know, can't you see that you're totally out of symmetry? You don't have symmetry. It's one of the major things they grade you on. In other words, if you're out of proportion, this is built up really well. But over here, you have totally neglected that area. You know what? Um, you really shouldn't even go out on the stage because they're going to laugh at you. You're not, you're not developed. You're out of symmetry. And you should be able to see that. You should be able to fix that and give correction to that area that's needed. 
Now, in today's world of bodybuilding, if you mention the name Arnold Schwarzenegger, everybody knows who that is because before he was famous in movies and things like that, he already had established his name and his identity as being Mr. Olympia, Mr. Universe, and having won many titles. But if you look at his old pictures, uh, when he was very young, I'm talking around the age of 17, the age of 18, he would always pose with these really big arms. He, already, he, he always had big arms, okay? So he just developed what was already kind of like in the genetic gene pool, so to speak. So he developed that really well. But and you had big back and stuff like that, strong chest, strong legs uh, as far as quads. But if you look at him posing when he was 17 or 18 years old, you'll always see him posing in water up to his knees. Why? Because he had very small calves. And it was one day when he was really serious about training, and he was around some really other uh, really good bodybuilders, and one of those men being Ray McCauley, who was Mr. South Africa. By the way, Ray McCauley today, I think his church probably has about 45,000 members, but he was Mr. South Africa way back in the early 70s, and he was really big in the bodybuilding scene too. Uh, I, th I think he finished third in Mr. America or something like that, but he was the one that told Arnold Schwarzenegger, hey... If you really want to go somewhere, you're going to have to deal with those calves because that's what's holding you back. You don't have the symmetry that the judges are looking for. You're doing really good in these certain areas, your, your biceps. Nobody's really going to be able to compete with you on, in that area. But if you don't fix the thing with your calves uh, and get out of the water, uh, you're not really going to go to where you're supposed to go. Why? The judges are going to grade you on symmetry. So he showed Arnold Schwarzenegger how to blast his calves. And he, you know, he got to the place where that was really a strong part, and um, it could, he could hold his own in that area while he really stood out primarily, of course, with the upper body physique. Now, this is just a natural example, but you have to understand with symmetry, that's, it's, let me say it like this, symmetry is more than just beauty. It's more than just balance. It's more than just nice aesthetics. Symmetry in sports actually is there for the prevention of injury. Because if you build your arm, your arms up really big with your biceps, but you neglect your triceps, you're going to get an injury. It's just a matter of time. Because after all, your arms are two-thirds triceps. And if that's not developed, and you keep just building up the front of the arm and not the back of the arm, you're risking injury, and it's probably going to bite you sooner or later. So you have to, you have, to have symmetry. In other words, if you're going to develop the front, develop the back. If you're going to develop the chest, develop the back area. If you develop your chest and you never touch your back and you just keep doing bench press and things like that, your shoulders will start to pull inward because of the chest muscles getting so strong. You'll actually pull your shoulders inward, and now you're going to look goofy when you turn sideways and people see your, your anatomy. They're going to like, hey, why are your shoulders doing that? That doesn't look right. Uh, that's because you're not developing your back to strengthen the back muscles to keep it in the right symmetry. These, these are all things where you've got to be properly developed. Let me say this in the order of symmetry. These bodybuilders stand in front of mirrors, and they look at every detail. 
And when you stand in front of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit anoints the Word and shows you the area. Hey, you need to focus on that because your symmetry is not right there. You're risking injury by really overdeveloping this one area and completely ignoring this like it doesn't exist. And so that's what the Word of God is. James said it's a mirror, and you can look into that mirror of the Word of God, and it will show you anything that you need uh, development in or help in. That's what the Holy Spirit will do. Praise God. So if you skip any of the big three, giving, prayer, fasting, if you, if you, if, if you think, well, I'll just do prayer. I'm not much of a giver, and, you know, uh, that's just not my thing, and I'm certainly not a faster. That I don't do any fasting. There's going to be some areas where uh, you're not going to have the strength, especially in these last days that we're living in. Where you really need to have that fine-tuned precision hearing that comes through fasting and prayer, where your spiritual ears, your spiritual eyes are open, and you can move with the Spirit. You're gonna, you're gonna need that. This is ap- absolutely essential for living in the last days. So if you think that you can somehow soar like an eagle spiritually without walking in all three of these, you're kidding yourself. You're not looking in the mirror, and you're not looking at what the Holy Spirit wants you to see that needs to be developed. Right now, He'll show you. By the way, usually in the Western church, it's fasting. That's usually the neglected, oh, not that one, Pastor Stephen, anything but that. (laughs) I'll do anything but that. (laughs) I can't speak about the church in Africa. I can't speak about the church in Asia, or in Russia, or, you know, other parts of the world. I'm not talking about the global church. I'm talking about primarily the, the American church. And, um, you know, we have, a, we have a lot of situations in America. The number one killer in America is heart disease. And, uh, you know, the, they call it the standard American diet, abbreviated SAD. In other words, it's a, it's a SAD diet, standard American diet, an acronym for SAD. And uh, it's not good. No, I fast totally for spiritual reasons. I, I'm not into the health aspect. You know, I know there's blessings in it. That, you know, that it, it is what it is on that. So that, that's cool. But I'm, I'm after the spiritual aspects. But I will say this. Um, don't be surprised. You, you start fasting and, you know, you get back to your college weight. Get Who knows? Maybe even get back to your high school weight. It's amazing the, what it will do to your physiology. And you, it can really help some of you who... Um, uh, you've really been hit by this American diet. Woo! Who fry? It's like everything's fried. Everything, everything has high fructose corn syrup in it. Every drink does. Even ketchup does. All, you know, unless you're really eating the good, healthy, organic stuff. And uh, but outside of that, it's just um, everything's fried. It's it's, da- it's dangerous out there. The the king's food that Daniel said, "Hey, I'm not eating that." That's what most Americans are eating. So. This is an area that if you ignore it, you're, you're going to ignore the beautiful symmetry, the image of Christ that the Holy Spirit is trying to get you conformed into. So um, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, to strengthen you. As you step into it, the grace of God will be there. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit's highlighting that area. I think for many, in the, at least for what I've seen in the American church, it's the area of fasting. It's the area of fasting. 
praise the Lord. For some believers, it could be all three. <laughs> Pastor Stephen, I'm guilty. I'm a tightwad, and I don't really have a prayer life. I have a, a very strong TV life. Uh, I watch a lot of television and watch a lot of sports, a lot of movies. Uh, I, I really need to pull it up on all three. Praise God. Welcome to the Set Sail 21-Day Fast. Get on board. The ship is about to head out in just a few more hours. You would be amazed at what the grace of God could do for you. So you got a lot of grace teachers out there. Hey, teach on, teach on fasting. Praise God. You, you want to know the grace of God? I'm not talking about the grace of God to cover sin, to forgive sin, or even the grace of God to live a holy life, which is really the primary thrust of grace to empower you to live holy. Different subject, though. But if you really just, hey, if you're wondering, hey, what's all this up? What's all the message about grace? I'd really like to experience grace. Okay, step into a fast and watch God's grace come. But you'll never, you'll never encounter it in that area unless you step into it, make a commitment to go for it. I mean, it's amazing. Wow. You step into it thinking, oh, I'll never make it. I'll never get past day one. Next thing you know, you're on day 10. Oh, I'm never going to make it. The next thing you know, it's day 21. Wow. What was that? That was the grace of God. That, my friends, was the grace of God. Woo. Praise the Lord. And when the grace is there, uh, it, it's there. And it will be here on this fast. This is a God-ordained spiritual exercise that we are stepping into today. Praise the Lord. Now, a little reminder, the fast starts on January the 9th at 12.01 in the morning. 12.01 a.m. Pastor Stephen, I'll be asleep. Good. That way, when you wake up, you're already like maybe five or six hours into the first day. How about that? Isn't that nice? Okay. But it starts January the 9th, 12.01 a.m. In the morning, the ship sails out of the spiritual harbor on a fast. Okay. It ends on January the 30th at 12.01 a.m. That is a complete 21 days of no food. This is a liquid fast. Speaking of a liquid fast, a lot of people ask me, Pastor Stephen, what do you actually drink on a liquid fast? Well, I'll give you a few examples. Here's my, here's my number one friend, praise the Lord. Okay, I'm talking about a juice friend. Now, if, if Pastor Kelly were sitting here and she were teaching from her angle, she wouldn't have any fruit juice. She would have vegetable juice, and uh, fruit juice just doesn't work for her. Please find what works for you. And by the way, if you have a medical condition, please consult with your doctor, uh, lest you get into something that could negatively affect your health. I had a, uh, a pastor friend that he did a, he did a fast one time and, um, uh, he was on all kinds of prescription, heavy prescription drugs. And he did this fast and he passed out on the 10th day and he died. They took him to the hospital, gave him the shock, you know, he hooked you up to the electric shock thing. <laughs> they were able to bring him back to life. Then he died again and they kept on shocking him and doing their stuff. After the second time they brought him back, <laughs> the doctor, uh, you know, a couple days later when they, when the doctor could finally talk to him when he's coherent, uh, he said, what happened to you? He said, I was, uh, the, the pastor said, well, I was fasting. And when he fasted, when he, when he, on day 10, when he fell out and died, as he was falling, his head, his mouth struck the granite countertop and knocked his, uh, knocked, well, actually didn't knock him out, knocked him really loose. A few weeks later, when he was preaching in the church, his, his teeth that were real loose, they just fell out when he was preaching. <laughs> Picked him up and he stuck him back in. Different story. But nevertheless, the doctor said, now, why would you do a fast when you're on all of these heavy, heavy medications? And he said, well, I didn't know it. It would affect me like that. So if you are on some type of medication or think, you know, something like that, just check with, with your doctor. Maybe your doctor will say, hey, you're good to go. Go for it anyhow you know so just check with, with your doctor but there's many of you that you're not in that category you know you're good to go for it so just step into it 
Just step into it and uh, experiment. Find out what works well for you. As I was saying, if Pastor Kelly were sitting here talking to you, she'd have different things. She would have probably carrot juice. That's one of her favorites, and she likes, uh, you know, mixing these green drinks and things like that. That's more of of her thing. And, you know, over 20-plus years ago, she used to work at a juice bar, and she was the juicer and, uh, and, you know, uh, just basically ran the juice bar. And so uh, she knows all about that. So uh, veggie juice is her thing. She, we would always laugh. There was this one guy that would come in every day, sometimes multiple times a day, to get this big, huge, you know, raw carrot juice, you know, like this big of a thing of carrot juice. And um, Kelly told me, she, she said, Stephen, he has drunk so much carrot juice, it took him like three months. He's actually completely orange now. <laughs> he, he would walk into the store as the orange man. Well, I mean, orange. He literally turned orange. And um, can you imagine if you got so much of the Word of God inside of you that you, that you started just being illuminated with the anointed Word of God? Well, let's get filled up on the things of God. Uh, don't drink so much carrot juice, please, that you turn orange. That might not be good for you. But I love orange juice. But for me... I like the, the low acid minute made orange juice. This just, you know, low acid. That works for me because after about five days, normal, uh, normal orange juice can kind of upset my tummy. So I just drink something that's super smooth, nice and easy. And um, really, if this is all I had, that's all I need. I'm happy. Just give me some orange juice. But sometimes because, you know, it's just good to break up the monotony. You might want to throw something else in. Here's something I really enjoy a whole lot. Uh, this is fresh. Concord grape juice. Ooh, so good. So good. Praise the Lord. Uh, Let me say this. The number one reason many Christians that start off on a fast but break it, and they, they they don't complete their time of consecration, is because of this. They're not drinking enough liquid, and they get dehydrated, and they just run out of steam, and they think, oh, it must not be God's will. Well, that was God's will. You're just not drinking enough juice, and that's why you ran out of energy, ran out of steam. Uh, I'll, I'll drink one of these a day, okay? What is this, half, half a gallon or uh, 59 ounces? I'll easily drink one of these a day. And I don't drink it refrigerated. I drink it room temperature because when it's cold, it doesn't go down this good. When it's room temperature, uh, it's just like getting an orange off of a tree. Well, it's going to be the ambient temperature, whatever the temperature is outside, tastes better. Okay, so I'm going to drink this room trim, uh, temperature actually on all of them. I don't like it refrigerated. I don't like cold stuff. So find what works for you. This is orange juice, excuse me, orange juice, low acid, grape juice, uh, right here, uh, blueberry pomegranate. Why not try something different? I actually tried this one a little while back, and I like it, but I'm not. I'm honestly not that big on pomegranate. Some people are crazy about it. I know some of you watching me right now, you've been with me to Israel before. I've seen you uh, guzzle down the orange juice, you know, and, and the pomegranates. I See, when we go to Israel, and they, you see all the vendors, and particularly in Jerusalem, squeezing the fresh orange juice. You'll find me in the orange juice line. You'll find a lot of my friends over in the pomegranate juice line. Uh, I don't know why. A lot of people I know, they'll totally go for the pomegranate juice. And it's, and it's really good. The pomegranate is actually a symbol of the Torah. Because there's supposed to be 600, I believe, in 33 or 638 seeds. Uh, I believe it's 633 seeds in every pomegranate. In other words, 633 rules, regulations that are contained in the Mosaic Law. So... That's that. But it's good stuff. It's all good stuff. You know, find what works for you. Don't be afraid to experiment. But 
make sure you're drinking a lot of liquids. Look, I'm working full time, just like you are. And, you know, there's probably going to be a lot going on in your life. Uh, when is life slow, right? So everything's busy. Life keeps coming full speed and you're going full speed. Drink a lot. And that way you stay up and that way you keep on going. By the way, the only other thing that I'll throw in may be apple juice. But outside of that, my juice, the only thing I'll throw in will probably be some coffee. Oh, Pastor Stephen, do you actually drink coffee? Yeah, I'll drink a coffee every morning because there's something about holding something hot in your hand and drinking something hot that really helps your soul. What is your soul? Your soul is your mind. It's your will. It's your emotions. It's that realm of your feelings. And so it helps your soul to have something hot. Because remember, what is one of the main purposes of a fast? It's to get the soul... um, we could we could say in a sense humbled it's to get the flesh crucified the 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 urges and the desires of the flesh get them all under so that your spirit is dominant because it's your spirit that's regenerated it's your spirit that is born again not your soul and certainly not your body now one day we'll get a new glorified body and one day we'll get to heaven and our souls our minds will be fully renewed in the image of God completely and so that's all good to go but for right now uh, uh, the only thing that's been regenerated is our spirit okay so those are things to be mindful of it's very helpful for your soul to have something hot to drink so I'll drink a coffee uh, while I'm on my fast because it it makes me happy and you'll need that because your soul will be like oh your soul will be thinking whoo and you know you're thinking about pizza and stuff like that or whatever your type of food is that makes you happy don't worry the restaurants all the restaurants all the supermarkets all the stores all the food will still be there after you come back, after your fast is completed, it's not going anywhere. Praise the Lord. All right, let's talk about a few things that you can expect, a few things that you're probably going to run into while you are on this 21-day liquid fast. And when I say liquid fast, I'm not talking about blended food. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I was going to take a steak and throw it in the blender and grind it all up and try to drink it. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just liquid fast, okay? Uh liquid praise the Lord we're not getting into you know blended foods of uh you know trying to somehow liquefy a peanut butter jelly sandwich and blend it and drink it no we're talking about good clean liquids flush your body and let a fast do its work no food praise the Lord thank you Jesus all right things to expect and things you're probably going to run into on a 21 day liquid fast number one if this happens to you it may happen it may not let me tell you what you need to do to fix it. If you run into a place where your voice, I'm talking about your vocal cords, your speaking voice begins to get weak. In other words, you try to speak, but you realize you, I don't have the normal volume that I normally have. What's going on? Okay. What's taking place is actually you're not drinking enough juice. You're not drinking enough liquid or vegetable juice or whatever it is you're drinking. You're not drinking enough. Oh yes, I am. Pastor Stephen, I drank two glasses. It's not enough. Okay, if you're experiencing your voice, your vocal cords getting weak, what's actually happening is you're getting dehydrated. You may not think you are, but that's what's going on. So immediately, if you notice that, start drinking a whole lot more. I mean, drink 28 ounces, drink drink 30, maybe not all at once, but start getting liquid into your system because you're getting dehydrated. That's why your voice is getting real weak like that. Praise God. So make sure you are drinking a lot of juice, a lot of liquid veggie juice, whatever it is. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. I, I know some of uh, my wife. I'm just kind of laughing because my wife, she likes these green drinks. I don't see how she does it. I know maybe some of you like them. Woo! So, those green drinks. Wow. Mm-mm. I don't know. I don't know how some of you get them down. So, uh, some of the things that are in them, I'm just like, I cringe at. But you know what? We're all different, and it's all wonderful. Whatever makes you happy, drink it. Praise God. Drink your veggie juice or your fruit juice, whatever it is. Be careful with the good old prune juice. Hallelujah. You'll probably be wanting to visit the restroom uh, quite often. You know, one time I was at the grocery store. Uh, I, I actually was a super Walmart. I think it was like maybe day 12 of a juice fast. And I felt, I felt like my stomach was a little bit um, constipated, kind of a strange thing to be, have a constipation while you're on a fast, but it can be a little bit normal sometimes because uh, your body is really getting flushed, just getting cleansed, but uh, things weren't quite getting flushed maybe the way they should. So I thought, you know what, maybe I should get some prune juice. So I, I, I went to the super Walmart uh, and for whatever reason, it was just packed the aisles were packed full of people and you know prune juice is kind of a uh, if you live outside of america i don't know if it's uh, like this in other other countries but i know in america prune juice is kind of like a funny thing uh it's like a joke you know usually prune juice is somebody you know something for some 90 year old person who's wearing dentures and they're all constipated so they drink pr- prune juice there's always some kind of like joke associated with prune juice but it'll certainly clean your system out at least that's what, I, that's what I was told. So I, I thought, I'll go to the store and get some prune juice. And so um, I kind of wanted to be low profile about it just because of the joke, all the jokes associated with prune juice. So there was, a, there was like an old lady. She was working on the, on the aisle of where all the juices were at. And uh, I couldn't find the prune juice. So um, I said, ma'am, kind of low profile. I said, I said, can you tell me where the prune juice is at? She said, the what? I said, the prune juice. She said, you're looking for prune juice? And she said it real loud. I I said, yes, yes. She said, I don't know where it's at. And she turned around, and one of her associates standing at the very far end of the aisle, packed, and the whole aisle's packed with people. She yelled to her associate friend at the end of the aisle. She said, Judy, do you know where the prune juice is? This man's looking for prune juice. And everybody on the aisle, of course, turned and looked at me. Who's the guy looking for prune juice? <laughs> Woohoo! Well, eventually I found the prune juice as she walked me all over to find it. Where's the prune juice? We finally found it. What are you drinking prune juice for? Well, I, that's just, you know, I just thought I could use some. Mm, well, enjoy, enjoy. Well, I, I enjoyed, and it did the job, praise the Lord. But... If you drink it, don't be too far away from the toilet. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, it's good. It's, it's cleansing for your body. But remember, we're after the spiritual gains. You're probably going to be touched in every area, spirit, soul, and body. Get ready for it. Mm. Mm. Number two, get ready for this one. You're going to have bad breath. Not me, Pastor Stephen. Oh, yes, you will. Yes, you will. You need to be aware of that because you might not notice it. You probably won't, actually. But your friends around you will. And if you are in places in your work or your career field where maybe there's like a corporate board meeting and the boss leans over to you and says, what would you suggest? Before you whisper back your suggestion, make sure you're chewing some gum. Pastor Stephen, I thought you wrote in your book not to chew gum. Well, I'd rather chew some gum and uh, then breathe awful breath into the person that's maybe writing me a check, uh, you know, you know, paying the bills and so forth. So just be mindful of things like that. You, you want to try to hide what you're up to. You know, this is a corporate fast, 
between us. We all know that we're fasting, but out there in the world, go about your business. Let them have no idea that you're in a fasting mode. So if you have to chew some gum, uh, do that. Okay. You know, there's the, there's the sugar-free gum tastes good and it'll hide and fake out that yucky breath that everybody gets when they're fasting. Okay. Um, you need to, you need to know this also while you're fasting liquid fast, uh, it's even, it's even amplified if you do water only, but today we're just mainly talking about juice fasting, veggie fasting, any form of liquid fast. You're going to get this yucky white coating of film that's going to be on your tongue for the entire 21 days. It'll start showing up somewhere along day one, probably six or nine or 10 hours into the first day. You're going to get this yucky coating on your tongue. By the way, that's a universal indicator that the fast is already beginning to work. Pastor Stephen, what is that yucky stuff? Well, those are toxins that are being released out of your body. When your body detoxes, when you're on on a fast and your body is doing a detox and expelling all the yucky things out of you that need to come out that, that are not, it's not natural to be in there. So often a lot of it comes out of guess where? your tongue. And that's also why you're having bad breath. It's not just something in your mouth. It's what's coming out of your body. Okay. And a lot of it comes out of your mouth. Sometimes it can come out of your nose, but most of it's going to come out of your mouth. And a lot of it is going to come out of your tongue and your tongue's going to be yucky. That white stuff's going to be there. Just want you to know that's normal. That's called the detoxification process. And by the way, once the fast is complete, the moment you start eating again, that goes away. Okay. That's just something to know. By the way, if, you, if you're curious about how long does the white stuff stay on your tongue, it would actually stay there until your body is completely flushed from all toxins. And usually, uh, if you're just fasting uh, liquid fast, you would usually hit that around somewhere around 30 days. That means your system's totally flushed, okay? But I think for some of you, you're probably going to make it. You probably might even see that clearing up around day 20, maybe even day 21. Praise the Lord. Now, the next thing to know while you're on this fast is that get ready for this. This is kind of fun. (laughs) Maybe an aggravating fun. Okay. But it's still fun. Your sense of smell is going to go to an entirely new level. I, I don't know if it's doubled. It's at least that maybe even tripled. Sometimes you may think it's 10 times stronger than what it normally is. You'll be able to smell food like you've never smelt it before. Yeah, I was doing a fast sometime back and my wife, uh, she had these uh, chocolate, uh, I think they were like chocolate cherries. And soon as she opened the bag from the other side of the kitchen, I was just like, wow, <laughs> that chocolate smells so good. And she's like, you can smell that. I'm like, yes, that's amazing. And just, you're going to be amazed at what's going to happen with your nose. What's going on, Pastor Stephen? You're getting flushed. You're getting flushed. And the senses of your body are going to be heightened to a new sense, especially your smell. It's incredible, the sensitivity of your smell. Just be aware of that. It's a very good thing. But I, like I said, it could be a little bit aggravating because you're, you're going to smell food. Oh, yes, you'll smell roses. You'll smell perfume. You'll smell flowers. You'll smell beautiful things. <laughs> yeah, you're going to smell food, too. And uh, but don't worry. The food's not going anywhere. It'll all be there after your fast is over. But your sense of smell is going to go into an entirely new realm. Uh, number three, you're going to get tired at night. 
and usually right around 9 o'clock or maybe 9.30, you're going to feel fatigued. I would just say go ahead and go to sleep. You're not in a normal type way of living. If Maybe normally you stay up till 11 or 11.30, uh, but you're going to find yourself getting tired. The battery is going to run down about 9 or 9.30. Just go ahead and go to sleep, and you're going to need that, that good sleep. And by the way, you're going to sleep really, really good. It's, when, I, when the lights are out, you'll fall asleep probably in a couple of minutes, and the next thing you know, it's time to get up in the morning, uh, get up in the morning and pray, and then get ready, for your, get ready to step into your day, go to work. But you're going to sleep really, really good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Number four, you are going to lose weight. Oh, not me, Pastor Stephen. I, I, nothing causes me to lose weight. Nope. Do a, do a liquid fast with us. You're going to lose weight. Now, we're, we're not fasting for the purpose of losing weight. We're fasting for the purpose of spiritual empowerment. But you might as well know the reality of it. You are going to have weight loss. And you're, the average is usually a half pound a day. I would suggest don't get on the scale. You don't need to be weighing yourself every day and looking at that. that that's really irrelevant. You, maybe just for the sake of it, when you start, check your weight. When you finish, check your weight. But look, we're not into all this uh, stuff of like, uh, this is not about, this is not a health thing. There's other people that do that for strictly health reasons. You know, God will bless your health. Just go after the spiritual things, okay? So don't be, I would encourage you, don't be trying to weigh yourself and get hung up on all that every day. It's no big deal, okay? But just to let you know, you're going to lose about a half pound a day. Some of you, you'll actually lose a full one pound a day, and you're going to lose some weight. Uh, I think it's fascinating. When you finish your fast after 21 days, don't be surprised. Prized. Also, if your body still craves juice or just is craving whatever you've been drinking, if it's veggie liquids or whatever, don't be surprised because your body's going to get used to getting all of this life-giving nourishment. It's going to be used to just getting hydrated really well. So for a few days after the fast, your body's probably still going to crave a lot of liquid. And so just, you know, start assimilating food back into your system slowly, but keep the liquids going because your body's going to want that. Praise the Lord. Now, I would also suggest as a little tip, this is point number five, that you do some walking, that you do some uh, walking forms of exercise. By, by all means, please don't do strength training. When I, when I say strength training, I'm talking about, you know, like weightlifting, uh, you know, push-ups, pull-ups. Uh, don't do that unless you want to faint, blackout, pass out, okay? You will have plenty of energy by liquid fasting, veggie juice fasting. You're going to have all the energy you need, but you're not going to have what we would call raw brute strength. That's not going to be there. But walking, which requires energy but not strength, walking is a great just relaxer when you're fasting. Maybe you could, you maybe have a few days you feel a little edgy, you know, your flesh is bugging you, wanting food or whatever. Just go take a nice walk. I mean, when I say take a nice walk, I'm not talking five minutes. Go out and walk 20, okay? Walk 30 if you can. And just enjoy that. Breathe air, walk. You'll feel good. It'll help you to really, really, really relax. Pastor Stephen, can I do that when liquid fasting? Yeah, sure you can. Sure you can. You can do that, but you're not going to want to do the strength stuff because uh, that, that level is not going to be there, okay? Praise the Lord. All right. So do some good walking. And let's close out with this tip. While you're fasting, make sure you pray. Okay, if you're, not, if you're not praying, it's almost like you're doing some kind of hung, hunger strike. That's not what we're up to. We really want to draw near to the Lord. And so you really need to lean into the Lord and pray. And I mean, get over, pray until you get over to the Spirit. And when you're in the Spirit, stay there as long as you can. Take great advantage of that. 
And I would also say this, along with, with your prayer time, please don't forget to praise the Lord. And, you know, just if it's just sitting down, just lift your hands up and just sing a little song to the Lord. You don't have to start turning on music and playing CDs or, you know, I've got to get some, you know, you don't need to do all of that. You can just sit there. You, you, know, you got your own data system inside of your song, uh, songs on the inside of you. You've been in church long enough. You probably know thousands of songs. Just sit there and let the Holy Spirit help you give, get a song and just sing a song to Jesus, to the Father. God, I worship you and just begin to praise the Lord and uh, spend time in prayer, but also spend time praising him. Spend time loving on the Lord, praising his name, worshiping him. And that's something that is very, very pleasing to the Lord. I think that there's something that God has put within the heart of all people where you do have those times where you long for solitude. You long for those moments you can get away. I know right now, actually, in the month of January, that it's a very popular time for uh, many people to do what's called these transatlantic crossings. And I'm not talking on a cruise ship or by an airplane. I'm talking about sailing on a, on a sailboat. And a lot of the people that do those transatlantic crossings of going from America to uh, Europe, or a lot of them go from Europe to America, or from Europe down to the Bahamas, you know, about a 3,000 or 4,000 mile journey, depending on which route you take. A lot of them take those journeys because they they want solitude. They, they want to know what's it like to get out in the middle of nowhere and hear nothing, to see nothing but blue, and to lay on the deck of a ship at night and look up with no clouds and no light pollution and see millions upon millions of stars glittering in the sky. So a lot of people want that. They want to uh, maybe find out more about, you know, who they are in a sense. So that's, that's why they take those what would be called the transatlantic journey sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. By the way, how long does it take to sail across the Atlantic Ocean? It takes usually, give or take a day, give or take a few hours, but it usually takes exactly 21 days. Praise the Lord. And I believe that this will be a cruise. This will be a sailing out where you discover deeper the heart of God and you find out who you are in Christ and you find out all that Christ has made available for you and you receive power and grace and strength and anointing and a wisdom from God above empowered into you deposited into you Christ in you Christ living in you to be the man to be the woman that God has called you to be praise the Lord get ready for an epic journey in the spirit praise God you're going to really make some amazing discoveries hallelujah now Again, the fast starts January the 9th, early in the morning, 12.01 a.m. You don't have to be awake for the kickoff <laughs> or for the launch off, but if you are up, you know what? Just say, Lord, I'm in. Here I am. Praise God. Then go to sleep if you want to, <laughs> or stay up all night if you want. It's up, it's up to you, however you live your life. And the fast ends January the 30th at 12.01 a.m. We pull back into the harbor after successfully having crossed over. Uh, the to the other side praise the Lord a 21 day journey of no food now there's one thing I would like to give you right now as an assignment okay get your get your liquids together okay get them all get them all together and I'm not saying you have to buy them all up front of course but just get you enough that you can at least start for the first couple of days 
and you know find out what tastes good to you what works good to you and then a few days later go out buy some more and whatever makes you happy then you'll find probably something that you end up mainly sticking to for me it's always been this I really like this but again we're all different but I would I would like to give you an assignment something to pull together that will help you on this 21 day liquid fast I want you to create what I call a vision board Okay, it can be a piece of cardboard, a full size, a full size piece of cardboard, maybe a, a, a three by two foot uh, size of cardboard, something big. Okay, that you can keep in front of you, maybe in your prayer room, maybe in your prayer closet. For me, it'll be in my office. Okay, so I can see it every day when I'm praying. But I want you to create a vision board, and on that board, I want you to put images, pictures of what you're expecting God to do in your life this year it's called the vision board and the scripture to back it up is found in Romans Romans chapter 4 verse 17 as it is written I have made you a father of many nations this is God referring to Abraham in the presence of him whom he believed God watch this who gives life to the dead and calls those things this is what God did this is what Abraham did you're a descendant of Abraham this is what you're to do also who calls those things which do not exist as though they did I want you to have your vision board I want you to be like God I want you to be like Abraham I want you to look at that vision board and call those things that do not exist as though they already did speak to them and say in the name of Jesus you're coming forth this year in my life in the name of Jesus but I want you to have a board where you could put images up there of what you want to see happen that way you can speak to it and call literally call those things that be not as though they were and you're going to see them come to pass in your life. You know, every spring of the year, usually before spring even, uh, but especially during spring, you can go into any home improvement store, you'll see them. You'll see them even in many of the grocery stores today, where you walk in and you see on those little revolving racks these seed packets, and you'll have tomatoes. Uh, and they're tomato seeds in a little packet and there's different varieties of tomato you could spin the rack oh and then over here they have watermelons different types of watermelons uh, you know the kind that are red on the inside the kind of the orange on the inside spin the rack more oh there's cantaloupe spin the rack more oh bell peppers spin the rack more oh there's jalapenos and all kinds of onions who I like onions and around you go and there's all these seed packs that are on those racks and um, they're on display but let me ask you a question we know that they are seed packets. Let's take tomatoes, for example, because tomatoes are extremely popular. Everybody likes to grow tomatoes, even if they're homegrown and you grow it in you've, even in your kitchen. They're in the window, so it gets sunlight. Uh, a lot of people grow them outdoors, but people are crazy about tomatoes. I think one of the reasons is because so many people today like to make their own fresh salsa. So people like to grow their own tomatoes so they can do that. Sounds good to me. Okay, so here's the thing. Let's say that you buy one of those seed packets of your favorite, uh, let's say like a beefsteak tomato, which is a big, juicy, hearty tomato, and you, you buy that packet of seeds. What's on the inside of that packet? Seeds. Okay. But when you look at the packet, and you hold it in your hand, and you look at it, what image is on the front of that packet? Is, is there a picture of what's on the inside is in other words is just is it just a picture of you know tomato seeds oh no they don't do that do they 
What's on the front cover? What's on the picture? The picture is always a picture of the harvest. In other words, it's this massive tomato plant with to- just hanging with the most beautiful red vine ripened tomatoes. And you, you look at that packet and you think, hey, I'm going to grow this. Woo! Why? You're inspired. Why? By what you see. You're inspired by that picture of what? It's actually a picture of the harvest. And so the picture of the harvest inspires you. Well, what's inside of that packet? Well, you know, a person could open it up and look inside. Well, that's misleading advertisement. There's no harvest in there. There's just a bunch of seeds in there. No, no, no. The harvest is actually contained within the seeds. You and I know that. But they advertise it and promote it that way. What are they doing? They're calling those things that be not as though they already were. Woo! Praise the Lord. And so based upon Romans chapter 4 verse 17, I want you to create your own vision board so that while you're fasting, while you're praying, and please put a picture also there of the president. Pray over him. Put a uh, picture there of Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Pray over him. And uh, put a picture there of Jerusalem. Pray over Jerusalem. And put a picture maybe over any unsaved family members or family members that aren't serving God and walking with God the way they should. Put them on the board. And if you need some things in your life put those things on the board put the images of them on the or, on the board put real pictures up there whoa hallelujah that way while you're praying and you're fasting and you're seeking the Lord you could just look to your vision board and say now Lord I've prayed for this now I'm moving over here and I'm praying for this pray in the spirit and then pray in English or whatever your native language is but pray 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 and then when you're done praise the Lord say Lord you've heard these prayers Lord you're going to move in a mighty way God I thank you I praise you hallelujah glory to God and as you as you create that vision board allow the Holy Spirit to help you create it and look go for it go for it if you believe God can do it put it up there hallelujah put it up there be bold praise God create your own vision board because there's there's no provision unless you have the vision hallelujah so you have to have the vision then God brings the provision Mm, God releases the angels. Thank you, Jesus. So this will really, really help you with your prayer focus on your 21-day liquid fast. Praise God. All right. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching. I know that many from around America and around the world are stepping into this corporate 21-day liquid fast. Father, I just ask you would release grace. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Father, that even though we're drinking liquids, it's, not, it's never going to feel like a steak or a uh, slice of pizza. But Lord, we just thank you for grace. <laughs> that we'll make it. And we thank you that we will. We give you all of the praise. We also thank you, Father, that your grace is always more than enough. So we just thank you for grace, strength, and, and, and joy. Joy on the journey and many amazing discoveries into the mysteries of Christ the treasures of Christ being unveiled to us we give you praise Father God this is going to be an epic experience in you we thank you Father I release grace to your people now receive in the name of Jesus amen and amen all right let's take holy communion please grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice we're going to take communion together if you're watching this program and you're thinking, Pastor Stephen, I'd, I'd like to join the fast. So I'm not a Christian, but I like all of this. But I don't really understand what it's all about. Well, it's all about Jesus and us drawing near to the God that we serve and the God that we love. And if you would like to know him as your own personal Lord and Savior, please right now pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner separated from God, separated from you because of my sins. But Jesus, I repent 
I turn from my sin, and I turn to you. Jesus, save me right now. Wash all of my sins away. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Jesus, come into my heart and write my name in your book of life. I receive you now as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. In your name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, my friends, to the family of God. Those of you that just prayed that, let's all take Holy Communion. Father, we thank you for the bread, for the juice. We, we consecrate it. This is set apart now as holy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. There's some of you, you're wondering, Pastor Stephen, could I do this fast? Yes, you can. Come discover what grace really is. Hallelujah. Step into it. I, I know you've had other experiences with the grace of God. Step into this fast and experience grace in a new dimension. You'll find it's there. No need to fear. Don't fear anything. God's with you. God's in it. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive his body, his nourishment, his strength in his name. Amen. Let's partake of the body of Jesus together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We serve a good God. I feel led of the Holy Spirit to say this. Don't drink junk while you're on this fast. Don't go out and drink stuff that's, you know, going to mess you up. Okay. Don't drink sodas and, you know, don't, don't do that stuff. Drink good, healthy stuff. And as you fast unto the Lord and honor the Lord, the Lord will supply provision so that you can fast and drink things that are actually healthy for your body and that bring healing, cleansing, and rejuvenation into your body. Okay? Come on, don't treat your body like a Ford Pinto. Treat your body like a Ferrari. Praise the Lord. And take good care of it. And let the healing process take place. Let cleansing take place while you primarily focus upon drawing near to the heart of God. Thank you, Jesus. Look at the ingredients. Don't go out and buy something and drink something that's just sugar water, that's loaded with high fructose corn syrup. Don't do that to your liver. Don't do that to your body. Take, take care of yourself. I'm not saying we have to be, you know, health nuts, okay? But please, don't, don't, don't hurt your body. Take good care of your body. Drink healthy things. Read the ingredients. Take good care of yourself. Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you are Jehovah, Rapha, the Lord God, who is our healer. We thank you, God, for exemption from sickness and disease because we are your covenant people. It has no right to be on our bodies or in our bodies in any way. So, Father, we thank you. We cast it out by faith. We take hold of the healing covenant, and we receive healing. We just receive miracles, and we receive divine health that we might serve you that we might live for you and be your ambassadors in the earth. We give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's receive the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. My friends, go out, grab your drinks, get them ready. We're about to start in just a few hours. And get your vision board ready. Woohoo! Have fun with it. Make it colorful. You'll never, you'll never forget it. I believe you'll keep it always. Each year you'll have a new vision board. You'll need it. Why? Because the things are your vision now, they're going to become reality. The next year you'll need something different. But this year, go for it. Have a beautiful vision board. Watch what God will do. Father, we give you praise. Bless your people. In the name of Jesus, amen. <laughs> 